Grace and peace to you all, and welcome to the Calvary Road with Pastor Sam Allen. We were dead in trespasses and sin, but we had to believe in Him in order to receive forgiveness and life. That's repentance. We think we're going to be fine. We realize we're not, and we're like, God, forgive me. I've been such a fool. I, I, I want to give my life to you. I've been living this way, and I know that's not the way you want me to live. Think, talk, be. Today we have the third and final broadcast of Pastor Sam's message, Jesus in Nazareth. We're in the book of Mark, chapter 6, and we're going to look at verses 12 through 29. We are considering primarily the death of John the Baptist. So let's listen in. Verse 12, they went out, they preached that people should repent. Do you know this was the, the, the first word from John the Baptist as people came to him and they're like, sup? And he's like, repent. And it's like, well, happy birthday, repent. That's John's message. That's John's ministry. And our study closes with John the Baptist in a situation you would never have expected to see him in, especially if you've never read the Bible. But John called everyone to repentance. Important to note that after his baptism and temptation, the first words out of Jesus' mouth, repent. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Peter on the day of Pentecost, repent. It's always repent, you see. I remember James Edwin Orr, great writer about the revivals over the, the you know, centuries, the things that God has done in his church down through the ages, saying that, that repent was a missing word in the message of the gospel today. Now, I know the word repent isn't in the, the you know, Jesus died for our sins, was buried and rose again. That's the gospel according to Paul, and it's the gospel. It's the good news. But he died for our sins. He was buried. He rose again. We, we get the implications. We were dead in trespasses and sin, but we had to believe in him in order to receive forgiveness and life. That's repentance. We think we're going to be fine. We realize we're not. And we're like, God, forgive me. I've been such a fool. I, I, I want to give my life to you. I've been living this way. And I know that's not the way you want me to live. Think, talk, be. So repentance is the key for the unbeliever to come to Christ. And then it's a key for believers because as we study the scripture, I don't know if you've noticed that there are a lot of places where God gets personal with us. And some of us were like, hey, listen up, listen up, listen up. And then all of a sudden it's like, bam, it gets you and you're like, hey, getting a little weird here now. I'm not sure I agree with this guy completely. If that happens to you, you better repent. I'm not, think whatever you want about me, but his word, if it's coming forth and it's, it's nailing you, man, you want to respond to it. Well, we get to our third snapshot and it's one that's just crazy. Oh, one more, one more verse, verse 13, and then we'll look at, at Herod and John and Herodias. 
Then they cast out many demons. They anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. They went out doing what Jesus had shown them, now commanded them and empowered them to do. So again, if you know what he's called you to do, do it, but do it in his power, at his bidding, and for his glory. Now, verse 14, King Herod heard of him, that's Jesus, for his name had become well known. And he said, John the Baptist is risen from the dead. Therefore, these powers are at work in him. Superstitious and paranoid, Herod starts a rumor that no one on his staff, apparently, no one close to him was willing to say, hey, Herod, that does not make any sense. Why? Jesus and John were contemporaries. Jesus and John were cousins. Jesus and John ministered alongside one another. John is the one who said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Now, Herod should not have been oblivious to these things, but he wasn't paying attention till he felt personally threatened. And he feels threatened. It's not the same Herod who had all those babies destroyed after Jesus was born in Bethlehem. That guy was Herod the Great. This is Herod the Tetrarch or Herod uh, Antipas. That's one of four who were ruling together at that time as they split up the kingdom after uh, Herod the Great was no longer ruling. So here we have a guy who thinks... Jesus must be John reincarnated. Of course, reincarnation is not real. It's a hoax. It's a, a satanic substitute for the reality, which is resurrection of every person on the planet appointed unto man once to die, then the judgment, not once to die, and then you come back and try to do better or come back and try to do better again. A lot more to that, but it's for another time. Others said, it's Elijah. Some others said, it's the prophet, or, or like one of the prophets. Now, they had come to John when he was baptizing in the wilderness, and they said, hey, are you Elijah? Because Elijah's supposed to come before the great and notable day of the Lord. It's there in the end of the Old Testament in Malachi. And he said, no, I'm not Elijah. And they go, well, are you that prophet? Because Moses promised another like him. So that would be a reference to a specific prophet. No. Or, well, are you a prophet? And, and he says, listen, I'm just a voice crying in the wilderness. Make straight paths for the coming of the Lord. Straighten it out. Get ready. The Lord is at hand. It's interesting because John was so humble, but Jesus said, among men, no one was ever born who was greater. We also know John was the end of the Old Testament dispensation of prophets. There are still those who prophesy in Scripture. And uh, we can certainly say, thus says the Lord. That's prophesying in the sense as long as we're declaring his actual word. Well, it's absolutely true. Well, 
that, so we prophesy, but, but he is the last of the prophets because the scripture says the law and the prophets were unto John. He closes the dispensation of the law and the prophets, Jesus beginning the dispensation of grace that we're still living in. So John said, I'm not that guy, I'm not that guy, I'm just a voice. I'm just here to declare the word of God and to point to the Son of God. When Herod heard it, he said, this is John whom I beheaded. And he has been raised from the dead. It mentioned that, that he, he thought the powers, the works Jesus was doing was evidence that, that he was actually John the Baptist. But we're told of John, he did no miracle. He had one word, one ministry. It was a one string guitar and he never tuned it. He just played that one note all the time. And so, so here, here you have it. He thinks because he's paranoid, because he has no actual right to the throne upon which he sits, he, he, he's freaking out over Jesus. Herod himself had sent and laid hold of John, verse 17, bound him in prison for the sake of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, for he had married her. And John, as he was apt to do, said to Herod, it's not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. I'm sure he said repent, doesn't have to say that he said it. But he's like, hey, this isn't lawful and uh, you're going to have to deal with this. Now, it's interesting because Herodias takes this harder than Herod does. Herodias, it says, held it against him and wanted to kill him, but she could not. Why? Verse 20, Herod feared John, knowing he was a just and holy man. He protected him. And when he heard him, he did many things and heard him gladly. Unpack that with me for just a moment. Herod knew John was just and holy. Herodias wanted him dead. Herod respected and protected him. Herod feared John, but he feared her odious one even more. I've noticed that a lot of times these these bad women, if you, if you separate the, the syllables, her odious. Like, what do you think of her? Her odious. It's like Hagar, right? What do you think of her? Hagar. Uh, but anyway, pet theories. Uh, nevertheless, I think with Herodias, I got it right. She is odious in every way. She is a mess. Unforgiving, hateful, hostile, plotting a way to put John to death. Now, she wants him dead, but respect, protection, fear. He'd heard him say many things, and it says he did many things. He heard John and did many things. Now, it doesn't say what he did, but I'm thinking, because of how John's wired, that, that Herod actually repented of some things. 
because they'd be like, you know, you're taking advantage of people or, or, or you're you've got people in prison who've done nothing wrong or you've done this. And and it says he did many things that has to be in response to the preaching of John the Baptist. And so we don't know exactly what, but we know they would have been good things. So he was disturbed by him, we read, yet he heard him gladly. And I pray that's true for every one of you as I teach and preach God's word, that you would be disturbed at some point and yet still hear the word gladly. Why? Because if we sit week after week, month after month, year after year, and, and, and there's no time where, where there's heavy conviction in our heart that, you know, this isn't about them anymore. It's about me. This is about something I'm thinking. This is about something I'm feeling. I see myself in the scriptures, and you should too. And so if there's any Herod in you, any sense that, that, that you, you know, you have, well, anyway, you, you see what he's like. You can read more about him. Highly recommend it. Anyway, he fears John because he knows John's just. He knows John's holy. He knows John's telling the truth. And then Herodias. Oh, my gosh. What a mess she is. Well, then an opportune day, verse 21, came. When Herod on his birthday gave a feast for his nobles, the high officers, the chief men of Galilee, when Herodias' daughter herself came in and danced and pleased Herod and those who sat with him, the king said to the girl, ask me whatever you want and I will give it to you. He also swore to her, whatever you ask me, I will give you up to half my kingdom. Now, I just jotted, this is the dumbest offer ever in history. Yeah, wow, what a dancer. Take half of everything. It's absurd. Now, this gal has no clue what she wants. So she goes to her mother and she says, what shall I ask? And it didn't even take a second for Herodias to answer. She said, the head of John the Baptist. Now get this, great crowd is gathered, all these friends, all these nobles, the chief people, everybody who was anybody's at the party. And Herodias is saying, I want John the Baptist head and I'd like it to be delivered right here in front of everybody. And she wanted everybody to know her wrath and the horror of what she was capable of. Truly, she and Herod together, they're like Ahab and Jezebel in the Old Testament. They're horrible individually, and together they are 10 times worse. So she went out and says to her mother, what shall I ask? She says, the head of John the Baptist immediately came with haste to the king and saying, and asked, saying, I want you to give me at once, the head of John the Baptist on a platter. Now, Herod's in real trouble here, and here's why. 
Character isn't developed in trials. It is revealed in trials. Character doesn't develop in the midst of the test. It's revealed in the midst of the test. And so, so his character was already warped. He was already compromised. He was already fearful. He was already a mess. And now he's in a real crisis. All these people are there. He feels it's more important to save face in front of them than to do what's right before the Lord. So the king we read was exceedingly sorry, yet because of the oaths and because of those who sat with him, he did not want to refuse her. Deal with those three in, in the opposite order. Those who sat, the oaths, and then that he was exceedingly sorry. Psalm 1 says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, or stands in the way of sinners, or sits in the seat of the scornful. He's not that blessed man. He, he's, he's the one who's standing in the way of sinners and sitting in the seat uh, of, of scornful, walking in the way, uh, everything that, that walking in the counsel of the ungodly, that's him, you see. And, and, and well, by the way, because that shouldn't be describing you, his delight, her delight, your delight in the law of the Lord and in it, meditate, stay in night. You want to be blessed by the Lord? Stay in his word, meditate on it, and then walk with people that are godly. Listen to people that are walking. You know, go in the path. Sit down with God's people to discuss God's heart and God's word and God's plan. Herod was full of fear, fearful, and Herod was a fool. It said he was exceedingly sorry. I'm like, sorry? That doesn't even get there. It doesn't come close. Listen, sorry would be, as I was driving in, I barely scraped your car. And by the way, as I was driving in, I barely scraped your car. And I'm really sorry. No, I'm kidding. You're, don't, don't worry. It's all good. But listen, that would be something to be sorry for. I had an accident. I did something I didn't mean to do. This is willful. This is just, he took the life of a man he knew to be just and holy because he was afraid of Herodias and because he, he didn't want to go back on his word in front of all these guests. And listen. Jesus says not to take oaths, not to swear by heaven nor by earth. This is one of the reasons why. We could just take his word for it. He says not to do it, so I won't do it. But it helps to know. You don't do it because it puts you in positions you don't want to find yourself in. Immediately, verse 27 the king sent an executioner, commanded his head to be brought. And he went and beheaded him in prison, brought his head on a platter and gave it to the girl. And the girl gave it to her mother. And when his disciples heard of it, they came back and took away his corpse and laid it in a tomb. Now, before we close, a couple things. Some of you are wondering, as I once did, how could God let that happen? 
I mean, John was faithful. John was holy. John was righteous. If there was ever anyone God should have protected, you would think it should be John. But listen, John had finished his race. Paul at one point says, I've run my race. I've finished it. I'm finished well. I'm ready for what lies ahead. Listen, for John, on the other side of all this is glory. And so he's not afraid to die. And when we struggle with why God allows this, why two people get sick and this one gets better and this one dies. But we prayed for both of them and, and both of them had a future and both of them have a family and both of them. We don't have to understand why God does what he does or why he doesn't do what we think he should do. We just have to know that all things God does are right. That he never gets it wrong. We often get it wrong. He never does something where he doesn't understand what he's doing or know the implications of it. We often are guilty of both. So if you're wondering how God can let a fearless, faithful man be arrested and imprisoned and beheaded, I can't tell you why. I just know what happens next. Glorified. And, and, and listen, it, it would be a terrible injustice, a tragic end, if this was the end. But it's not the end. John came. His ministry was to prepare people for the coming of the Lord. The Lord was at hand. He himself had said earlier, to his disciples, he must increase and I must decrease. And you can't decrease any more than dead. And that's where John is at this point. And yet he lives. So three snapshots. First, Jesus ministered back home. And I would encourage you, go back to those who know you best. And if, if there are those who don't even know you've come to Christ, because that's more, been more recent, Make sure you go and you let them know what great things God has done for you. Those of you who have been Christians for a while, you need to know that people need to know what God's doing today in your life, through your life. That, that, that it's not like he saved you and so things are better because now you've got a ticket to heaven. And you need to testify now today to those in your immediate circle. You know, I was so worried about this. Seemed like a small thing. I didn't even know if I should bring it to the Lord, but I prayed and here's how he answered. Jesus went home to those who knew him best and he ministered to them. He shared the word of God publicly and out loud. I encourage you to do the same. In the second snapshot, the disciples were sent out by him. So it's first go home and then it's go out. Wherever you go. And you know, if you want to go into all the world and preach the gospel, you don't have to even leave Chico. Just go to Chico State. I don't know how many nations are represented there. But I knew at one point, I just don't know this year. And that's, but here's the thing. There are people from all over the world at Chico State. They don't know the culture, they don't know the people, they many have never heard of Jesus. 
And they're hearing his name now and then, but not in a way that brings glory to Jesus. And so I'm saying, go, just go out. First go home, then go out. And then understand that, that John's ministry comes to an end here. And so like John, be fearless, be faithful until that time God calls you. In Ephesians 4.15, we are instructed to speak the truth in love. When looking at some of the things that John the Baptist said, it's a fair question to ask, well, was he speaking the truth in love? And the answer is unequivocally yes. I recently read a good definition of speaking the truth in love, which said, speaking that which is doctrinally correct and that which proceeds from a biblically committed life to a person who is in need of correction. While John may have appeared to be somewhat disgusted by what he saw, his message was always repent. He knew that repentance was the path they needed to take if they were ever to enter into the kingdom of heaven, and that is how he prepared the way for the coming of Messiah. The Calvary Road is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Chico, and you can visit our website, ccchico.com, or download the CC Chico app to contact us and listen to other studies from Pastor Sam. You can also listen to The Calvary Road as a daily podcast by visiting thecalvaryroad.com. We'd love to hear from you. And until next time, may you find grace and peace as your journey takes you down the Calvary Road. And your grace.